We are celebrating Conservation Week at the Department of Conservation, checking out the winners of the first ever WWF Conservation Innovation Awards. We're going to meet some of the winners and hear about their interesting ideas, but first we'll talk to Lee Barry, one of our wonderful people from WWF. Lee, how are you feeling about the first ever awards? Oh, thrilled. Um, it's been a huge success, really inspiring evening. We've heard from a range of winners who are doing amazing things to help the Conservation Army who are out there toiling nice. away in the fields. Um, it's all about getting the tools and the techniques and the systems really efficient and effective so that we can cover more ground and do more conservation work because we're actually not winning the conservation fight at the moment, you know. Um, that was disappointing to hear actually because we do hear these good stories and you want to feel like we are. But what this tells us is that, you know, all is not lost. There's amazing innovation happening out there. There are inventors, there are researchers, there are product developers, there are students who are thinking about solving these problems. They've got hot ideas, they've got amazing techniques to tackle these big issues and this is just a selection of them, you know, this is just our first year. Amazing, imagine how many other ideas are out there. How many entrants did you get this year, Lee? We got over 70 entries for the awards. Wow, what were you expecting? We weren't expecting that many. No, yeah. <laughs> that blew us away actually and uh, we had an amazing judging panel. Um, of, of people from across the, the sectors of uh, product design and research, people from universities, people from mm. ecology, um, people who had um, backgrounds in, in projects, in conservation projects themselves. So they did an amazing job of, uh, and daunting job, of going through over 70 entries. But I think they also found it really inspiring and uplifting yeah. that there were so many ideas, so many ideas for how to um, win the conservation fight. Love that, win the conservation fight. So did you have one that was a bit of a favourite yourself that you would like to get involved with? That's a bit mean, Ooh, isn't it? It's like a child. Um, <laughs> did I have a favourite child? Um, I think that the birdsong recognition um, technology which appropriately is an audio solution yes so um, mm. listening to bird calls is the way that conservationists determine populations so how many birds there are in a given area so it's a really good way of gauging the health of the forest yes. how many species there are how many individuals there are are there males and females are they doing territory and mating calls are they dating you know are there any juvenile calls out there so it's a really neat way without literally spotting the birds one by one of yes. hearing the health of the forest um, but that takes hours it's hours mm. of sitting in the wrong place and hearing nothing or sitting in the right place and not hearing very much so the automated technology that can record those calls over many hours is great then you've got to analyse it. So you've got a really long, noisy recording with rain and wind and all sorts of other things in the background that you're not interested in. Yep. So the um, winner of that award comes from a speech recognition background. Isn't that amazing? So, so not even from the conservation no. ecological background. No, so yeah. she's applying her experience in speech recognition. So the kind of things like usually your Siri on your iPhone that you give it an instruction and it can understand your voice. Just heard about Siri. <laughs> the same kind of technology can be applied to is that a tui? Is it calling to its mate? 
how many of them are there, how far away are they, all that kind of stuff. So amazing advances in being able to estimate bird numbers and therefore the health of the forest. Great. For New Zealand, what is the biggest conservation issue that it's, we're facing? Well, I mean, opinions would differ. Yes. In the context of tonight, I'm, I'm going to say pests. So yep. invasive species, um, rats, possums, stoats, um, they predate our native birds at a huge and alarming rate. Mm. Um, and a lot of the solutions that we've seen tonight are targeted, targeting that issue. Um, one of the winners in the research category uh, is cat tracker. So cats are a bit of a controversial issue. Uh, they are very feline friends. <laughs> I've got one and I love him dearly. Um, but uh, Heidi Kikilis from Victoria University of Wellington is working on a citizen science project that gets people involved in tracking the movements of their cats. Mm. So it's about helping people learn how the behaviour of their beloved Moggy is maybe, you know, not quite so cute and fluffy and they could be doing a bit of damage. But the, um, the important sort of social process of people finding that out from themselves mm, mm. is essential to them understanding that there's a problem that we need to tackle. Right. What can ordinary Kiwis do this conservation week? Oh, <laughs> what can you do this conservation week? I think nothing beats putting out a rat trap. Nicely! Nothing beats it. Great! If you can keep your own patch um, free of rats or reduce the number of predators there are. I mean, I in my backyard, I live in Houghton Bay near the south coast. Um, there's a karaka tree in my backyard that most evenings I see, a, I see a dirty great big rat scurrying along that branch, bold as brass, and I think you... Rotter. It's a little bit comfortable, is he? He's a little bit too comfortable. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I've made a bit of a, de a, a kind of a declaration, mm. a decision that I'm going to get him. Yeah. I've, I've, I've kind of failed a little bit in my own personal trapping in my backyard, and I think I could do better. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to get him. Conservation commitment from <laughs> Lee Barry there, ladies and gentlemen. And here we are with winner for the research section, Dr. Heidi Kikilis with the Cat Tracker. Heidi, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. It's quite an honour. <laughs> yes. So what does your project aim to do? Basically what it aims to do is better understand cats in New Zealand, what they do, where they go, and what their impact on native wildlife is, and how we can better manage that. Great. What is the challenge that we have with our feline friends in conservation? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's... Try and get around that one. <laughs> um, it's no secret that it's a bit of a controversial topic. Mm. Um, it's a very emotional topic. Yes. Cats are really important to some people, whereas they are absolutely loathed by other people. So um, it's a really polarizing issue and trying to find that balance between yeah. cats and conservation is a massive challenge, but we're hoping that some of the information that we can gather from this study will help us to do just that. Right, find some solutions. Have you got any statistics that cats, that the impact cats have on conservation that can help people at all? Well. It's not rocket science that cats are predators, mm -hmm. uh, they're carnivores and they are introduced to New Zealand. So yes. basically they're going to be catching things as they would naturally do where they came from. Um, so they will be having some sort of impact on the environment. But if you look over to America, for example, there have been studies um, 
where they use some mathematical calculations to calculate or estimate that um, the toll from, from these cats is in the billions of small mammals and birds and lizards that they take down every year. And that's just in, um, in America. Obviously in New Zealand, we have a very different mm. situation. Our native wildlife is comprised mainly of birds and lizards. And then we have the introduced mammals, rats and mice and things like that. So a lot of people always ask, well, are they actually benefiting native species? Maybe they're doing them a favor by catching rats yeah. and mice and making things a little bit safer. So we just really don't know where, where that stands, and this might be a way to help us start to figure that out. Nice work. Where did this idea come from for you? Um, I've always had an interest in animals from another part of the world that sort of established right. in a, another area and sort of wreak havoc. And I guess cats <laughs> nice could fall into that it. category. <laughs> As, as an invader, they are an exotic species and they are having an impact and definitely keen to know more about it, especially because they are kind of a, a really close companion. They lived alongside us for so many years, mm. yet they're still so mysterious. So absolutely, definitely wanting to know more. And I think a lot of people do want to know more about what their cat does and where it goes. So with this funding, we're able to really uh, get going on this cat tracker project which involves cats wearing GPS units attached to a harness and that'll generate a map of where this cat goes over a week-long period and we've had so much interest from members of the public wanting right. to volunteer their cats right which is fantastic that's awesome um, and we will continue to recruit people so if they're interested they're welcome to get in touch and we'll get them some more information that's great and we're here with Energize Autaki with Gail Ferguson Andy Fraser, the principal for Autaki College, and Lee Ramsey, the managing director of Blended Fuel Solutions New Zealand. Congratulations on your award. Thank you very much. Very exciting project. Can you explain to our listeners what the intention is behind Energize Autaki? Well, the fundamental idea is to for the town as a whole to ultimately become a net supplier of sustainable, clean energy to the grid. Wow. Uh, which means that we not only need to look at energy cons conservation, but we also want to look at clean energy generation. Mm. Um, it's a huge idea, a big idea, but we're on the way and we think it's entirely doable. So you must have had community support to get to this point. What is the general feel amongst the Otaki community to, to, about this project? I think that um, there's support, well for, for example there's support from the Otaki Community Board. It was one of the early supporters of the idea. Great. Um, the, the Company Coast District Council supports the idea and provides resources into the project. Um, in the general community, there are individuals and community organisations that are very much behind it. The local newspaper, Otaki Mail, has been very supportive. Right. Um, and as the idea gets better known, there are more people that are joining in. And so that would bring Andy. What? How does the principal of Otaki College get involved in such an initiative? Um, well, I've, I guess I've always had an interest in sustainability, and um, right. I, I was very fortunate to attend a an early meeting of um, Energise Otaki and. I was really just completely fascinated by 
the many and varied people that were there, their passion for sustainability, their passion for the environment, but also the diversity of you know around what they were doing in that space, um, which led me to have a number of conversations. And um, the reality for me was that it was just a it was just an open book, really, if you like, for kids learning. Yes. Um, and it would be generated by people living living locally. Um, that it would bring meaning to curriculum, it would un unlock a, a lot of things for kids in terms of, so this is what I do this stuff for, and give, give that meaning and from that generate I guess a sense of um, connectedness with not only their subject but with their community and the environment and moving forward that's the sort of thing that we need to do. So um, just I think the big thing for me was the willingness of those people to share right. and those willingness the willingness of those people to actually want to work with young people to pass on that passion then it's just you know at that stage where it's growing and I'm sure it'll just blossom into something very very special and unique in our college. So are the kids embracing it like are they already getting it do they understand the bigger mission? Um, I think you know once again it's a bit like um, it, it's trying to build a community so we've got a um, my, my head of science, I, I got him to a meeting working with um, Lee around blended fuels and he went there and he was probably a bit dubious about the whole thing and thought, oh my goodness, here's something else he wants me to do sort of style. He got talking to Lee and the, you know, the passion was infectious. He went away, redeveloped a, um, an achievement standard in his chem because he is a chemist, um, got his kids into it and quickly saw just how those young young chemists wow. of the future yep. just really um, thrived and their, his pass rates around that particular unit went through the roof. These kids were just <laughs> totally into it but it wasn't only the chemistry behind it, it was the fact that all of a sudden the school vans were running on biofuel, the school tractor was running on biofuel. We had mums and dads driving the vans that were coming in and saying, what have you done to the vans? They're running you know, so much smoother. Um, our kids you know, measured the emissions and all of a sudden saw, you know, 75% of emissions completely knocked out and it just hit home to them that the stuff that they were doing was so important to the environment. Yeah. And so it was, you know, some of them had epiphanies. I've got young people now that want to go into laboratory technician jobs, taking on science further at oh, university. Stop it. This is um, and, and it is. And, and I mean, and that is, that's exactly yeah. how I felt. Stop it. So, yeah. what, you know, it's like, What's next? Yeah. And so we've, we've gone solar, we're hoping to go look, start looking at wind and over time, you know, I think this is just an example, whilst it's in one department of the school, you know, the other initiatives that are being right. developed around our health and environment, um, committed, you know, our youth in that space, our horticulture block now with um, community groups all engaged in there and working cooperatively with the whole purpose of sharing back with our young people and, and I believe that's how it's got to go um, and, and I think in the future every school in New Zealand should actually be a centre of environmental education from the way they're designed from the way that you know young people understand how they function so that in time when they're building homes of their own yeah. when they're out you know wanting to build facilities in the community, they understand all those concepts and everything that goes with it. So incredibly exciting for me, and I think the young people that are in, engaged in that now, results speak loudly. They just, they've stuck with those subjects, they're wanting to follow it through. What more can you ask? 
exciting, Andy. What a yes. great position to be in. Oh, my I goodness, so. yeah. I think so. So, Lee, are you telling me that half of Ōtaki is running on biofuels right now? How Ooh. did you get away with that on us? <laughs> well, I wish I could say that, but that would be a huge yeah. goal for us to achieve. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, around liquid fuels, I mean, our whole world's driven by them, and... Um, it's going to stop mm. and that's my passion is looking for alternatives and that's why I relocated my business to Otaki. Where did you come from Lee? Uh, I was based in the Hutt Valley. Okay. Uh, we had a laboratory there with a group of individuals looking at this technology and then I moved up to the Clean Technology Centre in Otaki right. and then this is where the relationships grew with the college and the uh, Kapiti Coast District Council and um, from there we've just, just evolved it into you know a real future because you know these kids the students are the future and uh, they're heading into a world that is quite different than mm. our past mm. and um, if they don't look at these sustainable technologies they'll be out in the cold literally and know. that's that's the, the great thing I found working with the, with the students is they soak it up they soak it up far more than any corporates I deal with but in saying that the corporates are slowly starting to shift because they have to look into the future and they are seeing their future as well being quite different than their past. Lee, thank you so much. Can I just say too that I, th I think there are, um, whilst we, we, we haven't got all the players here, there is a whole lot of people in our town that are doing stuff around sustainability. Um, you know, virtually every school in our town has a marakai, uh, you know, a food area that's yes. being developed. Um, we have our local iwi that have, have you know, really invested in their role in um, being you know, kaitiaki in that area and our Ngāpūtapūta centre that's uh, you know, an amazing piece of architecture is there and, and designed all around sustainability. So we've got a town where there's all sorts of things happening, you know, whether it be in school, whether it be in our community, whether it be people going to Energise Ōtaki or whether it be Ngāhapawa Ōtaki working um, in their role and function, you know, it's a very vibrant town with people very conscious that they want to keep it a stunning, special little place in the universe. And, and if you come to Otaki and that, you will hear many people refer to it as the centre of the universe, and that's the way that we want to keep it. <laughs> well, when you when you've done your centre of the universe, could you roll this idea out to all the other cities in New Zealand? Well. <laughs> The idea is perfectly transferable to any community in New Zealand. It takes thinking around the big ideas, yes, and it takes being innovative on the little things, yep. and being inclusive. And any community can do it. Kiora, and now we are with the winner of the product section, Trapminder, Mr. Gian Badron from Great Barrier Island. Gian, how are you feeling about winning this competition? Well, it's a great honour to be um, recognised on that level. Um, I've been designing equipment uh, and electronic products mainly related to the environment for more than 35 years. Wow. Um, I now live on Great Barrier Island, deep in the bush. Um, on alternative power, all my new developments are powered by solar. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and by living in the bush and having to deal with the practicalities of yes. um, uh, invading rat population, 
um, we came up with this idea of using high technology in the asymmetrical fight against um, intruder pests. Fantastic. So what benefit would this idea have if it got out into the, well, onto the, the fields, if you like? The trap minder allows us to remotely sense occurrence or um, intrusion of, of a uh, pest species into a controlled area. So traditionally um, a ranger would have a monitoring tunnel with a paper strip in the middle and an ink cushion either end where if a rat um, is in the area sooner or later it will go into that tunnel and leave some footprints behind. Right. However, uh, that tunnel has to be checked every few days um, and by the time the ranger finds the footprints uh, that rat might already have bred. Right, right. Um, with our system you get an instant alert as soon as a, a rat um, or a mouse or a possum for that matter um, goes through the monitoring tunnel and you can react to it instantly either by um, manually going and placing a bait station there or by transferring the GPS coordinates to our drone system which then autonomously takes off and drops a um, biodegradable bait station um, straight into the area where the um, intrusion has occurred. Now this contraption looks slightly futuristic or like something kids would love to play with. How long did it take you to design it? Well, <laughs> not long. <laughs> no. I've been I've uh, I've been playing with multi-rotor um, drone flying devices for a couple of years. Right. Uh, originally, I built uh, the first one as a test platform for my bird tracking GPS devices, and um, I realized it is a whole lot of fun playing with those yeah. and so I decided that I had to um, incorporate them into my everyday working Legend. life by designing a product around using the drone. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm tempted to say big boys toys here, that's Gian. Right. Yeah, that's okay. Um, the motto is it's never too late to have a happy childhood.